0: Diverse voices, unique sound, not the same old thing, different, different. This is NOCO FM. How do you define midlife? Is it a time that you think of that's vibrant, where we start really living the way we want to? Or is it a time where you think it's just where we're going to get older and start to go downhill from there? What if midlife can actually be a profoundly powerful time in our lives, where we dive into our purpose, let go of worry about what others think of us, and truly tap into our inner power? Join me tonight when my guest is Anasuya Basil. Anasuya is a nutritional consultant and also a specialist in acupressure. Anasuya has taught advanced classes at the Acupressure Institute in Berkeley, as well as served for five years as a craniosacral therapist in the Wellness Center at the Cerebral Palsy Center in Oakland. In this episode, Anasuya shares her wisdom from decades of exploring health and personal development. So get ready to explore the benefits and the profound gifts that come from entering our midlife and beyond.
1: So good to see you. So good to see you too. And I'm really glad that we can do this today. I loved our conversation that we had last time, Stephanie, and the world is completely different now.
0: (laughs) That's what's so unbelievable, right? Everything is just kind of turned upside down and we're having to dig out even deeper coping skills, dealing with challenges that we didn't even know that we were going to face.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I have my mom living with me. It's actually a little bit easier to have my mom right here so that I'm not trying to, like, maintain
0: two households. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Right. Yes. So. Yeah, my parents live six blocks away. And so my dog and I walk over every day. We don't sit with them as far as in the house. We sit on the planter outside of the house, and we open the front door, and they come and sit on the other side, and we just visit and have a cup of coffee together. Nice. Great. Yeah. It's kind of a nice way to be in touch. And my stepdad has definitely a compromised immune system with only half a lung. So we're just kind of taking extra precautions not to hang out too close. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But still absolutely. connect.
0: Yeah. So I was laughing this morning. I have to tell you, I was like, Anasuya Basil. Anasuya Basil. <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 I have that it down. So funny. Yeah, yeah. I can feel that in you. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, and you look great too. How has this all been for you?
1: Well, it is, you know, there's some good things and there's some challenging things. Like I say, it's kind of nice to have my mom in the household with me. But, you know, a lot of my income comes from my hands-on cranial sacral therapy and acupressure practice. Not all of it because I do have some online presence and do work with people all over doing nutrition and health coaching, but the majority of my income, I've had to close that office. And so the interesting thing though, is that I am making the leap to doing distance healing, which, you know, I have only done for clients who've requested it and family members in emergencies. I'm a really grounded person. I'm totally open to things that are hard to explain in scientific terms. I I mean, I don't really have a problem with that. But I don't present myself that way. I'm not, I would never call myself a psychic by any means. I don't like that term for me at all because it, it's not really what it is for me. But but here I am just, I have a skill I've been using with a couple of clients. They've been having amazing results. They've been rebooking each time. So I kind of need to expand from that. And um, I will be doing that. And that's like, okay, here we go.
0: And I think that's so exciting. It's like taking what you do into this literally whole other realm.
1: Yes. And people do need the help. So I can't just say, oh, you know, little old me. You know, you just can't do that anymore.
0: (laughs) Right, right. Well, and how wonderful to explore that part of you and that you're getting the results. I mean, obviously, with the cranial work that you do, it's very hands-on. And all of a sudden, okay, I can't put my hands on people. What what can we do to keep giving this sense of healing and sharing that healing energy with others?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. I'm sure you've had that feeling of a loved one is far away and just like, you know, you can just presence yourself right there. You know, like in a time of need, you're like mentally, physically, you can presence yourself right there. And then I'm so familiar from more than 20 years of doing the hands-on work, like <laughs> how it feels so I'm like on the phone with people and I'm kind of going, you know, like this. And I, my voice is a bridge so that they're not just sort of floating around wondering what the heck I'm doing. Yeah. I'm saying exactly what I'm doing and I'm asking them questions. So they're like, we're doing it together. So it's, a, it's interesting. It's like that feeling of a door opening.
0: I think it's great. I love it because this is a time where people are having to reinvent themselves and explore other elements that, again, like if we're in a certain profession and all of a sudden those doors are shut to seeing clients or seeing patients, okay, so what do we do? And especially like you and I both are in helping professions. Mm -hmm. And so we're like, okay, how do we do this? How can we continue to be of service And so mine's a little easier because I just keep doing it online, doing therapy, and it sounds like you've been able to do this as well, but in a totally different way, which is so cool.
1: Yeah, it's a different way than therapy, uh, psychotherapy, but it, you know, it has its own way of healing. And I think the two things are so complementary.
0: Yeah, so... (laughs) Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about your background as a certified holistic nutritionist. What kind of got you into this and in in particularly interested in the health of midlife women? Absolutely.
1: Well, my background is, you know, originally I was into the visual arts, but I got to a place where I really wanted to work with living things. And I ended up working with animals, and I started to apply what I learned about herbalism when the vet couldn't help the animals, and I had really good results. So when I left that work, I studied acupressure, because I thought, well, I could do that with animals. You know, acupressure you can do with animals. But then I had all these people (laughs) who wanted to work with me, and I found out that I liked working with people. So I didn't start off thinking that I was gonna be doing health with people, but I kind of, you know how the universe tricks you sometimes <laughs> when you have a concept that doesn't quite fit you even though you think it does. So I studied acupressure, I really love the, the healing fields, the hands-on fields, and I studied cranial sacral therapy, and I also studied holistic nutrition. So I got certified in those areas and I was either on the faculty of schools or was a teaching assistant in the case of cranial sacral therapy. So I did a lot of teaching as well. And you know, when you teach, you learn. <laughs> it's like the function of teaching is really to learn in some ways. And so I, I was asked to teach acupressure for menopause when I was 40. And it was the very early stages of like pre-perimenopause for me, things were changing in my body. But because I hadn't gone through menopause, I was like, wow, okay, I'd love to do this. I've helped a lot of menopausal women, but I've got to interview menopausal women and study and study in order to teach this. So I dove into it and realized it was about how women age. It's not just like, like, what is our process of aging? And it became a fascination for me. And As I went through, was teaching this as I was going through each little mini stage of my perimenopause myself, so that I was in my late 40s and thinking, ah, I am I'm handling this pretty well because I know all these holistic health tools. And it was helping so much. But then my husband left me for a younger woman. We had been together for 20 years, to someone I loved dearly, and I was absolutely devastated, just heartbroken. And uh, I just, you know, had that experience of, you know, the dark night of the soul, the feeling like, you know, my whole life fell apart. And how do I, I mean, I couldn't even think of like, how to fix this. (laughs) And, you know, when I was a teen, I had really found that pit of despair and gone deep in there. And it took me years to get out. So when I saw that pit of despair opening up in front of me, like I could see it in front of me, just like, I was like, as an older woman, I was like, I know not to go in there. I know how to ask for help. I know that I need otherwise women around me to support me. And I kind of reached in for my inner strength and I reached out to other women and you know, slowly bit by bit, I I found my way out. And I, even though I had spent 10 years living in meditation ashrams, meditation centers in India and upstate New York, in Boston, and I had that background that it was a place where I was like, I just felt like I couldn't quite do meditation the way I normally did it inside like in a dark room eyes closed like i started to just realize i needed to have these self-care practices that felt juicy and fun and really alive for me whatever way that was in that moment and so i started to do uh, meditate outside in nature with my eyes open with my senses open with my ears open and I feel like it leads to the same place, that sort of essence of our being, you know, whether we're eyes closed and we are nature and we're getting to the essence of our own nature inside or we're outside in touch with the essence of nature as it is showing up in trees and birds and plants and the fox that slips down the driveway. And I started to come alive And I started to explore simple creativity that would give me joy. Just because joy, even a second of joy is amazing. It's so healing. And so I started to see nourishment in this broader perspective. I started to pay attention. I mean, I had always paid attention to my diet. And I knew like that whole thing when you're under stress, you start to eat foods that aren't so great for you. And I started to just have a nutritionist on my shoulder saying, Anasuya, <laughs> you really need to, eat, you know, step away from that food and move towards that food. So nourishment from food, nourishment from nature, nourishment from those the joy that comes from creativity, flow, brought me to a place of feeling new insights into this new chapter in my life, new insights into how to rebuild, new insights into like who I was now, and I realized that being a midlife woman doesn't mean that this is the end and you're over the hill. Being a midlife woman is like a developmental stage in our human life, you know, humans as, as nature, humans as animals, and we have our stages that are natural stages, and in midlife, we have this opportunity to Let go of some of the past that we've built up and to know because we know how to reach out for help. We know how to not worry so much about what other people think. And there's other gifts of aging that are so beneficial. And it means that we step into a whole new amazing stage of being ourselves more authentically.
0: One of the things that really resonated with me is, as we're going into perimenopause, how fortunate, truly, to get all of that information and to know what was happening because a lot of times things that we as women don't share with one another. I remember going into perimenopause and going, what in the hell is going on? Nobody told me. The hot flashes and the different things, it wasn't something that was at least in my circles and in my family, something that anyone talked about. My grandmothers, my aunts, my mother, nobody talked about it. So just you sharing that information, period, what a gift. And then, absolutely, I feel like this is such an important age right now that we're moving into where we start seeing it in our magazines and media where women that are not just 20 or 14 – are actually being heralded as beautiful. And so we're seeing the 50, 60, even 70-year-olds appearing on magazines as beautiful. Beauty comes at every age. And not just beauty. My life experience, too, has been life begins at 50. That is when my life truly opened up. And there's so many gifts. And I also believe that we are making decisions out of a place of deeper wisdom, And we're able to to use some of that collective wisdom to help navigate our paths.
1: Yes, it creates such an opportunity to move forward in this deeper way, to be able to do things that we didn't think we could. One of the things I really found true when I work with my midlife clients, and I think it's probably true for any age, but I've noticed that when we pay attention to our health, when we up-level it just even a notch, you know, it's not like we have to get into this perfect health thing and have a perfect diet or anything like that, but just really nourish ourselves more. We start to have new insights into what is our next step on this path? What are the elements of the new chapter that we want to live? And I was thinking of one client in particular who her whole life, she had been sensitive to criticism. She grew up in a family that would criticize her. And she had a lot of healing talents. She had been a student of mine at the Acupressure Institute, and I had seen her work. And she had a beautiful way of helping clients. But because her family didn't believe in her work, she had a hard time actually using that work to help people But in midlife, she felt really disappointed that she hadn't actually followed that path. And she realized in midlife that this was a really powerful calling for her. It's almost like the calling to be a medicine woman, to be be a healer. It's a really powerful call. And she had that call. And in midlife, she started to worry less about what her family thought. Not in a bad way, just like just feeling more strong about herself. And now she's pursuing ways that she can offer healing to people in need.
0: Wonderful. So it, it, it became then her gift.
1: Yes, it became her gift. And I do think that you mentioned Christiane Northrup and what a wonderful resource she was to me. She said this thing that I pondered when I was in my early 40s that said that, when your hormones change, it affects the way your your brain is. And the, you know, biologically, we're wired to care more about what other people think because knowing as women that we are wired to raise children, we need a lot of community support to raise children. Mm-hmm. And that after the childbearing age is over, we no longer have that great a concern. And so we have more freedom to follow that deeper calling. And when I read this in my early 40s, I was like, huh, I wonder how that's going to be for me. (laughs) But I did find out that it was absolutely true. And I do see it in other women going through their midlife years.
0: What an empowering time as you're talking about that. I experienced that too with my female clients. It feels like they come into their own Mm -hmm. because so often as women, we're caretakers and it's like so much of the energy is going externally and it has to. We have careers and households to run and children and relationships So when the kids are gone, like you said, and I I love that because I've never heard that before, but it makes so much sense when we don't need that sense of community in the same way, we're able to create it maybe in a way that it lends itself to being a deeper experience or something that really does fulfill us in a different way where we're not so worried about outside appearances or having to please other people, that it really becomes a different experience on the journey.
1: Exactly. And even if we did not have children, the same thing exists. I did not have children, but I feel that same way. And I also think that once we get to a place of feeling a certain amount of replenishment, then we naturally think, how can I help my community? How can I help other young people coming up? How can I serve not from a place of feeling resentful or drained or exhausted, because that needs to be resolved first. We have to fill our own well first, but then once that is more replete, it's amazing this natural feeling. I don't have children, I don't have grandchildren, but I feel like a grandmother. Mm. I work with moms and young babies, with their babies, And I just feel like, oh, I really want to give back to these young women going through these early stages of child rearing.
0: I have a girlfriend, Cindy, who is 52 years old, and she never had children either. And she's very much like you in that she owns an adoption agency here in town. And I think she has been surrogate mom at this point after 27 years to about 600 children. And wow. so that has been part of her journey. I mean, she feels so connected to all these mothers and parents and that's really become her family.
1: Absolutely, that is really cool. So I think that you know whether we have children of our own biologically or we don't, we have a lot of the similar biological journey in a way. We have a lot of the similar urges.
0: Well, and I think, too, you know, I I remember Clarissa Pinkola Estes and her book, Women Who Run With the Wolves.
1: Yes. Yes. I love that book.
0: Yeah. I, I remember I read that as a young mom. I think I was probably 24, 25 at the time. And I remember feeling like, oh, my gosh, you become not just a maiden, then you become a crone. And that's actually this wonderful place to be that it doesn't have to be where, oh my gosh, now I'm declining in health. It's one of the most wonderful stages, as you said, that where we've lived life and so we've developed life experience and wisdom. And yes, whether we've had children or not, we can give that, we can share that with those around us and those younger than us to maybe help guide them on their way so they don't become like I was, but 40 going, what in the world's happening? And and to be able to really share that wisdom to help each other grow.
1: Yeah, that's really true. And you used the word crone. And some people love the word crone, and some people get an image of crone as an ugly old woman who is crabby, <laughs> grouchy. And it's, it's interesting because I, even, I find the word elder is quite a beautiful word, but other people find the, they don't want to be called an elder. Mm -hmm. And I think we do have trouble in our society finding a way to... The words that really show respect for women and older women. A lot of women don't like to be called ma'am. I I like to be called ma'am. They rather be... So, people call other women miss now, which doesn't Mm -hmm. seem to fit for me at my age. But I don't let it bother me. But I think it's interesting that our society doesn't have this great word for us. Underneath that is that our society doesn't respect aging very well, doesn't give it the honor and respect that it deserves. And that creates a layer of stress for us. And when our stress increases, our hormonal balance decreases. Mm -hmm. You know, we will create more stress hormones, which means that we create less estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, And so it's so interesting, Stephanie, women in cultures that honor aging, honor elders, have way few symptoms of menopause than women from Western societies, where we have less of that respect, and we have way more hot flashes and night sweats and mood issues and joint issues and digestive issues, whereas women in Mayan cultures, I've read studies from Japan, where simply the only symptom of menopause was the stopping
0: of periods. Wow. That, that is so interesting to me, because what, what it brings to mind is how I think we've really been enculturated as women. Like, after 26, it's all downhill, right? So. Right the unconscious resistance that we in America here, as I'm hearing you say in particular, have against aging, period. And so it's almost like we're kicking and screaming against menopause subconsciously. And so it's manifesting through our bodies like that.
1: Yes, it's creating a lot of stress and that exacerbates so many different health conditions. And then this other sad thing is that we miss out on the gifts of aging, I feel like as an older woman, I am able to see patterns in life the way I couldn't as a young person, and I'm extremely grateful for that. I, like I said before, can reach out for help. I don't care what other people think of me as much, and I can just also have more access to decades of skills and knowledge and wisdom from having lived a full life. And if we don't respect our aging and don't respect this time, we can so miss out on these amazing gifts that really actually make it worthwhile. It's worth having some wrinkles and gray hair if you can see how great your brain can work, how great your wisdom can show up for you. It's worth it.
0: hey it's your boy priest d d for daddy aka slim and sexy aka double s c d slim sexy Celine dion or you can just call me pwt pretty white teeth this is your
1: boy dr <laughs> ij what's up everybody this is your girl tiff and we are two dudes in the chick and we are so excited to be part of this no-co family i'm excited super excited and so excited to welcome you guys into our conversation.
0: Y'all can tune in every Sunday at 7 o'clock. Listen, learn, get some of this little... Make sure you say Mountain Time so the people know. Oh, yeah. 7 Mount... o'clock hey. Mountain Time. Yeah, we in Cali. We, we got that Pacific Time. So turn in on Mountain Time, 7 o'clock. And um, enjoy us, man. Y'all gonna, y'all gonna really love us. Your support means the world to us. Hi. It's Dr. Natalie Phillips from Connecting a Better World. Everything we do here at NOCO FM is member supported. From the music we play to our original podcasts and live shows, all of that costs money to produce and we can't do it without you. Become a member today and invest in the programming you enjoy so we can create more together. Learn more at NOCO.FM. I wanted to talk a little bit about some things that we can do to better deal with this midlife and our inner resistance towards it. What came to my mind is one of the things I think that's so important as we hit this midlife and as we make these transitions Even though we might not be as concerned about what other people think of us, having that sense of community and being with other women that are going through their midlife can be such a powerful process because we can really support one another in letting go of some of those stereotypes and letting go of some of those preconceived ideas and and allow ourselves to be, be more authentic as we make these transitions.
1: Yeah, I really agree with you, even though our society at large may not respect the aging process within the smaller circles of our own community, we can find other women who have a sense of curiosity, a sense of wanting to experience this as an adventure, a discovery process that can really support us as we go through this journey. And then maybe older women who can mirror back to us our own wisdom And our own gifts of aging. So, I think within our smaller pockets, because we are natural beings and this is a natural part of life, so we can access this wisdom more readily in smaller circles, even if you have one friend or one guide or one therapist that can really reflect that to you, that really can make a huge difference. Nutritionally, there are some things too that really help. You know, for example, you know, reducing what's called the bandits in nutrition. The bandits are the foods that steal our vitality. Bandits are the food that take your nutrient stores to process them, to metabolize them, such as white flour and white sugar. They are so low in nutrients, but to metabolize them, you draw from your nutrient stores to make those metabolic processes happen. So they are a net deficit. So during this time in the pandemic, you know, we sort of stock up on food and probably a lot of us eat the fun stuff first and then bake. (laughs) It's hard to buy like white flour and white sugar and yeast and things like that because people are baking a lot at home. And so I think that the Trouble with these bandits is that as we become more nutritionally deficient, we are less able to create the neurotransmitters that help us feel like we have balanced moods, that help us have good brain chemistry. So it creates an additional layer of stress. A treat once in a while made with refined products is not a big deal. It's the daily, the common use of those foods. And Alcohol too, I think some people may be drinking more and alcohol creates in our body acetyl aldehyde, which is a toxin. As we process alcohol through our system, it'll initially may make us feel good, but then it leaves this toxin, acetyl aldehyde, in our body and our liver has to process us out. And we know from studies that for women, more than one drink a day, which is like one very modest glass of wine, one mug of beer, uh, a shot of hard alcohol, like one of those drinks a day, more than that can increase your risk for breast cancer. And that's partly because of that acetyl aldehyde. And when you put stress on the liver, you put stress on your ability to balance your hormones, because the liver is in charge of breaking down our hormones and recreating them into the hormones that we need. But if our liver is busy breaking down toxins, it will not create the hormones in the balance that we need. So those are some of the bandits. Uh, the other bandits would be fried foods because the fats are then damaged and they affect the way our cells can absorb nutrients And so that's like chips and whether it's like even organic whole grain tortilla chips, they're fried. And so I'm sad to say that they are not great foods for us, potato chips and so on. But when you start replacing them with really delicious foods that help, that can be comforting in times of stress, but also deliver a lot of nutrients then you start to feel more balanced, more resilient, more able to meet the the demands of the day. So for example, wanting something sweet, uh, a baked sweet potato can be very nourishing and soothing. It's sweet by itself. You can add butter if you like, because you actually absorb the beta carotenes in the baked sweet potato better when it, There's fat there, so butter or coconut oil, and then sprinkling it with cinnamon. You can even drizzle a little honey there, raw honey if you have it, or some other natural sweetener. And it can be so soothing and nourishing. There's many other ideas for swapping out these bandits for what we call nutrition heroes. These are (laughs) the foods that actually come with lots of vitamins and minerals that support our cells, support our ability to make balanced hormones.
0: Well, and boy, right now during the pandemic, people are at home and feeling stressed, and I imagine they are reaching for these comfort foods that you were talking about, and chips and sweets and the things that just give our brain that hit. And it sounds like, though, in the end, it's wreaking havoc on our body and it's not helping us. So some of these nutritious foods like sweet potatoes, what, what else would you recommend and maybe talk a little bit more, too, about how you see stress affecting people during this time of being shut in?
1: Yeah, I mean, I do see the stress that, you know, it can't, there's like this sort of low grade stress constantly that bubbles up into feeling extremely stressed, you know, to the degree of panic. And then when that subsides, it's like goes back to sort of like this constant low grade <laughs> feeling of what the heck is happening in our world. And if we're having foods that are nutrient dense, it does help us have better hormonal balance, better neurotransmitter balance. And I don't ask my clients to have a perfect diet. I I never do because it's like we want to have a gentleness with ourselves. We want to appreciate ourselves for the difficult situation we might be in and be very understanding and kind as if you're speaking to yourself as if, you know, you're your beloved daughter saying, I know you want to have all the cookies right now. I, I know that you're dealing with a lot right now. And it's, really painful. It's scary. And those cookies would really help, I know, for just a few minutes. And I get why you want to have those cookies. But you know what? You know, in an hour or tomorrow, when you're needing to feel the energy to do your tasks, it's going to be harder because you ate all those cookies today. So what else can we eat that would feel good, but give us energy too? And if you can think of something in that moment to have, then you can have it. And if you really want to have those cookies, well, then I will love you anyway, completely. Even if you have the food that we both know is not great for you, I will love you wholeheartedly. And speaking to ourselves around that, you know, kind of helps us not get into the cycle of shame and embarrassment and feeling bad about ourselves which doesn't help it starts to you know lighten the load and when we love ourselves unconditionally like that it's so calming and then we can think more clearly oh you know what i have some really nice gelatin i can and some juice i can put those two things together and i can make a healthy jello I can sweeten it with stevia or, you know, something like that. And that would, make a, that would be satisfying to me. Another idea that we could make at this moment is we can melt a, a teaspoon of coconut oil. We can add a teaspoon of maple syrup. We can add a teaspoon of hemp seeds or sesame seeds or chopped walnuts and just a sprinkle of sea salt and in a tiny little saucepan. We can stir that together just for a few minutes, stirring all the time. And then when it's all melted, we can put it in a little tiny saucer and put it in the freezer. And after it's about 10, 15 minutes when it's turned hard, it's like one little nourishing candy made out of good ingredients, still sweet, And you make it in small batches because you don't want to just sit down and eat like a giant amount of that. You just want a little taste. So that would be a lovely alternative.
0: That is wonderful. And what I also love is this thing of being gentle with ourselves and having that gentle talk with ourselves. Because I think we're all kind of hardwired that if someone says to us, you can't do this or you can't have that, then our inner rebel is like, yes, I can. So what a different approach to actually befriend that part of yourself that's struggling or wants some of that food to say, yeah, I totally get it, and that you have a choice, and kind of going over what the consequences are. But that's a totally different way of befriending ourselves, being gentle with ourselves, and then this natural kind of, instead, I'm going to have a choice here. I'm going to make a decision to have something like as you just described that it satisfies that need for sweetness, and then we're not beating the crap out of ourselves later. Yeah,
1: this is such a time to be gentle and kind to ourselves. You know, this is an unprecedented time. The stress is hard to measure. The being really compassionate to ourselves is, I think, essential. To be really loving to each part of ourselves is so essential. There are actually studies that show when it comes to changing health habits, that if you're self-compassionate, you
0: have much better results. And I totally believe this is true. That makes perfect sense. Yes. It's like being kind to ourselves and it actually, our cells are absorbing that kindness. So they're going to respond in a much more positive way.
1: Yes. I mean, we just really have to appreciate the pain that we experience when we're wanting something sweet or we're wanting the chips, that there is some, some level of pain that <clears throat> is needing to be soothed. And then, you know, if we have a beloved daughter, we don't just say, oh, well, to heck to your, with your pain. You just have to, you know, stuff it.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's just not
1: really the parent kind of parent that we would want to be with our own daughter. And we don't want to be that way with ourselves.
0: There's so much important information here. I want to make sure that you have time to really share what you want to as the essential message that you want listeners to take away today.
1: Love yourself wholeheartedly, no matter what, whether you're in pain, whether that pain is physical, whether it's emotional, love yourself 100%. Love your body right now. 100%. And then from that self-love, you feed yourself, you nourish yourself in ways that really help you to shine, even in dark days. Thank you. It's been so fun to talk with you, Stephanie.
0: It's so fun to talk with you. This is just such important, important information, not just for women, but for partners of women.
1: Yes. For everyone. Yeah.
0: Everyone. And I'm going to go make a sweet potato for goodness sake. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not kidding. (laughs) I'm like, I have not, I only had a banana for breakfast because I was hurrying and doing my rounds at my parents' house. So I'm going to fry one up with a little coconut oil. And that just sounds perfect. Yeah. It's so simple. Thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom with us. Before I let you go, will you share with us, I know that you have an online resource, an ebook that might really be helpful for people during these times.
1: Yes, I created this book called Healthy Comfort Foods, and it's about what we talked about, like how to swap out the unhealthy comfort foods for yummy, delicious, and easy to make comfort foods. It also includes suggestions about how to talk to yourself. When you're feeling like, oh, I've just got to have that food. I know it's bad for me, but I've got to have it. Like how to have those loving conversations with ourselves? And then there's 15 recipes and I hesitate to call them recipes because they're so simple, but they are meant to be easy to make in times when you don't have the patience to do complicated recipes.
0: That is such a great resource. Thank you for sharing the link to the book in the show notes on today's show so that we can all practice feeling better during this time. This is a wonderful resource. You know, feeling good really does happen from the inside out. So thank you so much again, Anasuya, for being here with us and sharing this.
1: You're very welcome, Stephanie. It's been such a delight.
0: I was really thankful for this conversation with Anasuya. She really brought to light the importance of embracing ourselves truly at any age, that when we take care of ourselves and really look at what we're putting into our body, and I would even expand that as we were talking about, I think it's so important to look at not only what are we eating, but what are we downloading into our personal computer that is us? You know, paying attention to what we're listening to, paying attention to the words that we're saying, paying attention to the movies that we watch or the music that we listen to. It's important to continue to make the choice to download things that truly serve us so that we really can show up in the world as our best selves. I, I remember people talking about the midlife crisis, And for me, it's always been about midlife is a wonderful reflecting time where we can really look at the things that have served us in our lives, the things that aren't working and how do we want to start looking at what's really important in our lives? How are we making meaning in our lives? Have we defined our soul's purpose? I think these are all the essential pieces and it becomes even more important in our world right now where we realize life is vibrant and wonderful at any age. And we do get a sense of self empowerment around the age of 50. And some people come into it in their forties. Absolutely. But it's a time where we start looking at what can I contribute? How can I serve? What truly are my gifts and how can I share them meaningfully with the world? So I hope that you've really enjoyed this episode. I just loved getting the information from Anna Suya and the ways in which we can truly start showing up for ourselves and taking care of ourselves. There's so much going on in the world today. And so it becomes even more essential that we take care of ourselves first and then we can show up fully to help spread that love, care, and service to others. Remember, The Spark is your show too. If you have questions, feedback on the show, or if you're going through something and need a little help, we'd love to hear from you. Continue the conversation with us at our website, thesparkpod.com, and on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. New episodes of The Spark air Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Mountain. To make sure you don't miss an episode, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, or wherever you get your podcasts. The show is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional and should not be considered medical advice. If you're having a mental or physical health crisis, please seek treatment immediately. The Spark is produced by NOCO Media Limited, which is solely responsible for its content. Thanks again for listening. This has been The Spark, igniting your best life. I'm Stephanie James.